1: Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Home365. Home365 is a real estate company that helps people just like you invest and manage real estate across the country. Home365 has local realtors scattered in various markets who are investing experts, they help you find a great investment based on your own personal goals. Home 5 also manages over 8,000 units across the country with over 150 employees, combining incredible first-party mobile-first technology with local feet on the street. They even offer a one-rate guaranteed product that takes the risk of eviction, vacancy, and day-to-day maintenance out of real estate. The company is backed by incredible partners like Verizon and Samsung to bring the best innovation to your product. To learn more, You can go to www.home365.co, email service at home365.co, or call 717-413-6976. Look forward to hearing from you. What is up, guys? I'm super pumped to uh, have another Real Estate Hackers edition here, Uh, a new format here today. First time we're doing this new format of essentially going into a specific market, um, a city or market in the United States where people might want to invest in real estate and and talking to uh, someone who is a mover and shaker in that city can really help us understand what's going on there. Uh, So I'm sort of pumped here to have uh, Gabe Gordon in the house, a local Pittsburgh real estate expert and hacker gabe thanks for uh joining us
0: chad thanks for having me really appreciate it
1: cool um so gabe why don't you uh, maybe kind of kick us off maybe give us a little background of kind of who you are um what got you into investing uh in your kind of overall kind of background in and around the kind of pittsburgh pennsylvania area yeah um so grew up in
0: eastern ohio which is pretty close to pittsburgh in fact uh uh, for any Ohio listeners who may be listening to this, um, where I grew up, we like to joke that we didn't have any professional football teams or sports teams in Ohio uh, while I was growing up. So we cheered for Pittsburgh teams. So even though I'm from Ohio, uh, I grew up in the Ohio Valley where everyone uh, pretty much roots for the Steelers. So um, moved to Western Pennsylvania to come to college uh, in 04, 08, studied business. Uh, worked in higher education for a couple of years, and then got into real estate, started working with a real estate investor. um, And uh, so that was uh, like a little over a decade ago, Um, started working in real estate, started working in property management and construction, and uh, really just kind of worked my way in and around the space um, for the last uh, almost decade in the Pittsburgh area. So, yeah.
1: That's cool maybe roughly number of uh, real estate transactions you've been a part of over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years? Uh, Hundreds, um, up into the
0: thousands. Uh, Yeah. So when I started working, when I started working in real estate and for a real estate investment firm, uh, it was a small firm. um, And then I came on and we just started growing and growing and growing. And uh, so I got lots of opportunities to Uh, Find deals, evaluate deals, buy deals, finance them, rehab them, refinance them, uh, kind of the whole life cycle of investments uh, to the tune of several
1: millions of dollars.
0: Uh, Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, Gabe. I I know, uh, you know, you've obviously done a lot in and around real estate. We like those kinds of people who have kind of a large, like, breadth of experience. Um, and, and and therefore I've kind of learned the area really well um cool so why don't you start maybe give us all an overview so uh pittsburgh Pennsylvania uh obviously you know the first thing that comes to mind is old steel country coal mining obviously a, a much different city today maybe kind of talk us through uh what folks should know about you know if, if you Randomly had two minutes with someone and someone said, hey, should I invest in Pittsburgh? What, what's your reaction and, and what, what's really going on in and around Pittsburgh now?
0: Uh, my my reaction uh, to should I invest in Pittsburgh is uh, you would be crazy not to. Um, Pittsburgh uh, in the 70s and 80s uh, experienced some kind of uh, just hardship uh, as was kind of the industrial machine started to uh, transition into kind of global economy and, uh, you know, the environmental movement really kind of shaped, but really Pittsburgh started getting cleaned up uh, actually a lot earlier um, than a lot of cut um, cities. So um, it really made, started an early shift from industrial machine to, uh, tech city. So right now, um, Pittsburgh is really the, the tech scene is growing like crazy. So I would say Pittsburgh today is uh, while well, there is industrial, three of the main um, kind of leading sectors in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, which is you know not just leading in Pittsburgh but like lead, starting to lead nationally is tech, uh, ed- higher education, and healthcare. Um, so tons of world class medical institutions world-class educational institutions, Carnegie Mellon, University of Pitt, um, Duquesne University, some of these like really big research institutions um, and then feeders for the tech industry. Um, So then, and then the healthcare industry. So Pittsburgh is vibrant uh, economically, Seems like every couple of weeks there, I see a new article of Pittsburgh now known as this. So uh, maybe within the last decade, Pittsburgh has been ranked multiple times as the most livable city. Uh, So just with cost of living, education, um, housing affordability, housing stock, um, uh, diversity, uh, it's just a great place to live, um, which means people want to live here, which means uh, it's a good place to invest. So.
1: Gabe, I mean, those are obviously, like, super high-quality jobs coming in. Uh, maybe let's kind of double down on that whole, like, tech story. I, th- I think that might be a little surprising for some people across the country. I know Pittsburgh started to pick up some some more headlines in and around tech and, and healthcare. Um, you know, I guess, is there something driving that? Obviously, Pittsburgh's a very different market to have tech careers and and even healthcare than what you would normally think of as being kind of like the Bay Area, you know, Silicon Valley type, super high cost of living uh, mentality. Um, Yeah. Is is there something in particular kind of driving this like massive growth in in tech and maybe even healthcare as well? Absolutely. Uh,
0: I think the two biggest factors are uh, the higher education institutions, the quality of them. Uh, There's over 35 higher education institutions in the Pittsburgh metro area. Um, so it's like a tremendous draw of young, really skilled, hungry, uh, bright students. So that's number one. And then housing affordability is number two. Um, you know, a tech company can leave the Bay Area, uh, come here, set up an East Coast operations uh, for a fraction of the price um, in salaries, just because uh, they don't have to pay the salaries. And they can, but they also don't have to sacrifice the quality of um, applicants and and employees. So those are probably the two biggest factors I think fueling that. Uh, It's also the city's um, really pro um, pro business and pro corporation. Like they want, they're, they're doing everything they possibly can to attract tech companies into the area. So
1: that's great. So, uh, maybe take us through the geography of the city. For someone who's maybe never been to Pittsburgh before or been there once in their life, uh, I know I've, I've been there now probably five or ten times. Uh, maybe take us through kind of, obviously, I know that the rivers kind of uh, create this very interesting dynamic with the city. explain that and also kind of a little bit about kind of like the, you know, what parts of the in and around kind of suburbs are, I guess, most ideal?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let me just say for the listeners who have not been to Pittsburgh, you need to come and visit, uh, even if it's a long weekend, it's, uh, it's, it's unlike any city I've been to. I've been a lot of places in the U S um, and actually, um, you know, looked at a lot of places to live and I, I really love Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, for those of uh, the listeners who aren't familiar with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is known as the river of uh, or the uh, city of bridges and uh, the city of three rivers. So the previous professional football stadium was called Three Rivers Stadium. So Pittsburgh is built uh, kind of at the convergence of three rivers. And so um, back in the day, uh, it was a great place for trade commerce uh, because there was a the transportation of the rivers there. Um but it's not just like uh, this big plain with three rivers. It's uh, like hills and mountains and valleys uh, with three rivers. So it's 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 really incredible. So you're just driving down the uh, interstate. All of a sudden, you come through a tunnel, or you come, you know, across a bridge, and uh, the vista just opens up. Beautiful. Um, so as you can imagine, there's tons of uh, diversity in neighborhoods in the Pittsburgh area. So Pittsburgh Metro is a little over a million people. So just a uh, picture kind of a million people scattered uh, around rivers on the sides of Hills um, and in uh, valleys. It's, it's beautiful. Um, but there's just kind of a uh, different pockets of personality everywhere. So
1: um, that's cool. Yeah. In, in some, in some areas it's like, you know, West Of the city is much nicer than east of the city for whatever reason. Has that kind of dynamic uh, played out in Pittsburgh as well, or you know? Yeah, Um, I think
0: um, there are some places that are nicer than others, obviously. Um, But there's lots of development going on in different parts. So um, in the western part of the city, you have the the airport, Pittsburgh International Airport. It's a huge. Commerce hub. There's tons of development, businesses, corporations headquartered out there, and it's growing like crazy. Um, North of the city, you have, um, you know, so 79 runs north and south um, through Pittsburgh. And so um, 79 intersects with Interstate 80, which are two of the major thoroughfares across the US. And so you have tons of development north of the city because just proximity to interstates, Mm -hmm. uh, people travel. And so uh, east of the city um, that you kind of have some of the tech is uh, like uh, situated right on the river. So you have like tons of new development going on there. So it's kind of like uh, there are some um, pockets that have not been developed yet. But Pittsburgh is just a growing um,
1: metropolis of uh, like just of activity. So kind of all over. That's awesome. So maybe take us through a little bit about a lot of different places uh, have changed from COVID uh, over the last couple of years. Some for the positive, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, oftentimes secondary and tertiary cities are, a lot of folks are willing to live there or or even more outdoorsy type places. Uh, We are seeing, you know, a lot of folks in the kind of San Francisco, New York City type area moving out of there. Uh, Have you noticed any kind of an impact the last, call it two or three years, um, as we've kind of gone through this crazy time in the country's history, uh, you know, is that is that helping Pittsburgh? Is it hurting Pittsburgh? Is it net neutral? You know, what are your kind of thoughts there of, of as migration kind of starts to change a little bit the last couple of years?
0: Yeah. So um, people want to be in Pittsburgh. So um, there's the you know the city limits, but then there are lots of uh, um neighborhoods or suburbs around Pittsburgh that kind of get lumped in with Pittsburgh. So, uh, during, before COVID there was tons of, uh, apartment builds, um, kind of large multifamilies being built, um, in the urban core. Uh, it was just popular, especially with a lot of the tech companies coming in, in the last 10 years. Um, you know, someone could live downtown Pittsburgh in a high rise, a really cool place where there was always something to do, um, for really affordably. And then COVID hit and people did not want to be stacked on top of each other. So a lot of that uh, new apartment building really stalled out because people wanted more space. Uh, they wanted to be farther away from people. Uh, they wanted more square footage and to be separate. So we really did see kind of a um, trickling out to the suburbs. So urban core apartment builds slowed down. Uh, people moved out to the suburbs where they could get... You know, a couple hundred more square feet in an apartment or in a single family home. And then actually, uh, the rental rates were lower before COVID. When COVID hit, uh, it actually really benefited single family homeowners. So previously, a lot of the multifamily uh, builders and developers were like reaping crazy returns with high rents. Uh, covid really kind of leveled the playing field and a lot of the investors from the suburbs got really wealthy because um you know they had what they were previously leasing for call it eight eight hundred dollars uh the demand was so high they they would sign a lease and immediately raise the rent four or five hundred dollars and so wow. it' was, to $1,300 to thirteen hundred or fifteen hundred, and uh, that really helped returns for investors in the suburbs. Uh, we're last thing we're seeing uh, people start to go back into the multifamilies and feel more comfortable. However, um, we're still seeing people uh, desiring to stay in the suburbs um, because yeah. we're we're seeing an influx of people moving in from outside of Pittsburgh. So,
1: I know you've often said that all all the all the numbers and everything points to an incredible place to invest, except there is this small kind of population decline over the last, you know, couple decades. Um, it seems like that's starting to kind of level off and that, and that maybe we'd actually expect to see kind of a, a population increase uh, in the future. I'm, I'm curious to hear kind of your thoughts on, on what, you know, you would, I don't know, maybe expect to see moving forward uh, from a population perspective. As, you know it seems like most of those kind of loss in jobs from the old coal and steel type stuff are now kind of gone you'd think the drivers of jobs would actually be now outweighing any of the kind of negative uh, population loss but just kind of curious how, how do you how do you see population changing in the metro over the next five, 10 years uh, it's really
0: really good question yeah um, it's it's interesting that you know when p- people say see population decline they uh, they automatically ask what's wrong with the city why are people moving away um, the case with uh, Pittsburgh and in Western PA in general is uh, there's an elderly or an aging population and so the population decline has basically been from the older generation dying off um, and so we we've actually seen that t- slow to a trickle and like there's every indication that um, there will be. Uh, you know, there will be a reversal that the population will start to increase. Um, one of the, you know, this sounds terribly morbid, but you always look for the silver lining. Uh, is like, as the older generation is dying off, like that leaves tons of und- un- like, non-updated housing stock that is ripe for uh, buying it under market uh, adding value through renovations, forcing appreciation and mm-hmm. rent. And so that's what we're seeing, you know, for, you know, the kind of the secret for Pittsburgh investors is like, that they're trying to keep secret is you can buy a property for uh, $95,000. You can put 25 in and it's worth 150 to 200. And uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's use that as a segue. You know, people listen to this show from literally all over the world. Um, You know, uh, take us through, you know, what's maybe natural to you may not be natural to someone else. Let's just say you find a house that, I don't know, it's like a B minus type type property, single family home, in the outskirts of the city. Uh, What, you know, let's say it needs a little bit of work five ten thousand dollars but not a ton what, what kind of a price point are you seeing that thing go for today and then what is it what's it rent for yeah um, um for a
0: property that needs five to ten thousand dollars um in you know there are different there are different levels of the the neighborhoods as you as you mentioned but um five to ten thousand dollars you probably are looking at a probably a 140 house um you're putting five into it so you're in for 145 and depending upon you know the amenities where it's located it's like you immediately have 20 percent equity you mean it's immediately worth 165 170 um just with that minimal amount of work and what's that house then rent for yeah. So um, depending upon the area, once again amenities, you're probably you're in all in for 145 and like you're renting that all day for 14, 15, 1600. Um Yeah. On the deal.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's it's interesting. Well, first off, that's interesting. I mean those numbers to you probably don't sound amazing. Um, look in, in most places in America that doesn't exist, right? Um, in particular, not in places where you're seeing tech growth. Um, I'll give folks an example so I just bought a house I've actually bought a, a couple two properties now in Pittsburgh uh, and both were actually the exact same thing almost exactly like what you, you just explained. Um, one of them and people can even look it up uh, 2, 217 McMasters Drive in uh, Monroeville. Uh, actually both properties I bought were in Monroeville um, and uh, yeah, I think I paid all in about 150. And I think it rents for like 1450, something like that. Maybe the first one I bought was like a little less, maybe like one 130. Second one was probably a little more. Um, but but all in, probably between 140 and 150K. And they both, I think they rent for like 1450. Um, single family homes, detached, you know, with a yard, uh square footage of these are like I don't know, 1,400 square feet, something like that. Uh so it's interesting. I mean, and these houses are not, they were, they're not brand new, right? These are houses that were built. I mean, what would you say? Most of the housing stock was built between 1900 and 1950, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's the downside. Uh, but they're, uh, they're actually pretty nice houses and, and pretty nice, uh, you know, these are numbers you're not really seeing in other parts of the country. Um, you know, per, I guess what I would consider to be very good returns in an area that's also got some pretty solid uh, future job growth in, in industries that are, you know, probably the most desirable industries to have in a city city right now: healthcare and tech.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that uh, has kept
0: Pittsburgh from um, being gobbled up by institutional investors would would say the to your point that the age of the housing stock. Uh, they, the tech world has not created an algorithm to buy sight unseen uh cash purchases like it still requires boots on the ground which is you know part of what we do you know you know Chad in our home 365 offices we help investors build portfolios we're on the ground we you know the neighborhoods and you can't just uh, throw out an offer with any agent who doesn't know what they're doing so um, or some uh, algorithm in the computer. Um, and so that really allows people who are have um, contacts on the ground um, to buy and to get great returns. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Gabe, why don't you maybe use that as a good segue? Talk people through. Um, I, I know you help people find properties. Um, you know, maybe, maybe talk people through how you interact with investors, uh, maybe some of the things that you look for in a good investment property. In and about around Pittsburgh, and and also some things you try to help keep investors away from, which is maybe almost as important. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so um, when when I meet an investor, let me just kind of walk through my process a little bit. Tab. when I meet an investor, I really uh, desire to get a sense for who the investor is, what their goals are, and what their kind of uh, let's just call it risk tolerance and experiences. It's a lot different for someone to buy a house sight unseen, no inspections with cash that needs $50,000 of work uh, if they've never bought a property than if they own 10 or 15 houses. So uh, really, it's um, what our team does in Pittsburgh is we get to know the investor, get to know what kind of properties they want to own, because um, is it... um, High monthly cash flow. Is it they're looking for appreciation? Is there a blend of the two? What are the goals of the investor? Uh, you know, there's also an element when you, when you're investing in real estate, you own a physical asset and like, um, you know, some people like to own ugly houses, but a lot of people like to say, Hey, like they like to show their family and say, Hey, I own this house. Like paid 150 i'm getting this return and it looks nice uh so everybody's a little bit different and wants something a little bit different um some investors you know that i'm working with right now are really just looking to um, beat inflation they need they have extra capital that they need to park somewhere and they want to diversify um out out of the stock market uh there's plenty of investments for that as well so it's really what does the investor want um and we can help them find it
1: Gabe, are you seeing most properties, and we're talking right now, so it's, it's mid-May, 2022. Obviously the market is changing rapidly. Even in the last few weeks, we're seeing that change. So th- this is gonna be a bit based on timing here, but are you seeing most investors buying things in cash right now, and then maybe later getting financing for them? Uh, or are you, are you also seeing people get financing upfront, um, depending on kind of the property?
0: Yeah, it really depends on the property. Um, I'm seeing, um, in once a property hits the market in a good area, specifically, I think of, uh, you know, some of the school districts that are A rated school districts, there's tons of demand. Um, and a lot of those houses, there's a, you know, there's a bidding war between people who want to live there and, uh, get their kids in the school district and investors who want to own there to, uh, house people who want to be in the school district so and in uh the a-rated school areas i'm seeing like cash is king um um if there's going to be a financing contingency usually uh the the deal is going well above asking price uh like 20 30 percent above asking price just to basically build in kind of the risk of hey, if we have if, if they might pull uh you know they're with out of financing you know we want to make sure we're getting a good price so right um, we're seeing a lot of cash. Um, it's it really interesting now, even as uh, interest rates are starting to creep up, or have been creeping up. Um, I'm seeing it. There's, it's. I'm actually starting to see um, a preference towards cash um, because people want to get per- houses purchased, right. and then they're going to figure out what to do with it on the back end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, and, and definitely, I mean these and you know, the one the one piece of guidance we give is these houses that need 5 to 7 to 10k in repairs definitely the the numbers are going to work better to buy that in cash even if it's not your cash i mean you need to buy it in in hard money and hold on to it for a couple of months before you refinance uh much rather see you be able to get financing on the post repaired rented out property uh then buy it and then have to put in the five to 10 K because just look at some basic numbers. I mean, so you know, the numbers we're talking about today, 150 K for a B class property, you know, all in that investment not counting repairs is going to be like under 35 K potentially. So if you're putting in five to 10 K into it day one, that's a huge chunk of actually your, your overall down payment. Whereas instead if you can, you know, use hard money, Make some of those repairs, then get it appraised, then refinance out. Uh, even putting in those repairs, you could still be all in the property for maybe thirty k. Especially to your point of buying something that maybe actually needs a little bit more work, but you actually pick up some equity in the deal. You know, not crazy to think you're all in the the, the deal when you're all said and done for twenty twenty five k, which is again kind of unheard of in most in most markets, kind of in America.
0: Yeah, I have an investor right now. Uh is under contract for a house uh for 175. Uh it probably needs um may, it needs under 25000 dollars of work. And uh we just got the appraisal back. Uh the house appraised at 200 as is. Um mm-hmm. immediately is a 25000 dollars pickup. And after he puts some work into it, it'll probably be worth 250 So he's gonna be all owned to house under, you know, probably around 195 ish and it'll be at least worth 250 Um, doesn't have to pull all of, you know, doesn't have to max leverage it, um, if he doesn't want to, but he'll have the option if he, if he does. So that's great.
1: Gabe, talk us through, uh, you know, if you could kind of sum up why Pittsburgh in a nutshell, you know, maybe kind of close some closing thoughts here on, uh, you know, why should someone look, you're obviously an investor in Pittsburgh. Um yeah, what's kind of your 32nd why Pittsburgh right
0: now? Yeah. Uh we put French fries on sandwiches and uh and salads. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth coming here for. Uh no. Wait, uh, is that true? French fries on from Annie Brothers. But uh oh, sure. French fries on sandi- sandwiches. It's been around since I think the 30s. It's wonderful. Anyway, uh <laughs> yeah, so why Pittsburgh? Um we, uh, um, you know, nothing is, is uh, 100%, but Pittsburgh has shown to be incredibly resilient um, and recession proof. So, when other markets are going up and down and are about as volatile as the stock market, um, Pittsburgh has remained slow and steady, uh, increased uh, appreciation that's beating inflation and a ca- and monthly cash flow that produces like great returns um, over the years, um, with the growing tech, growing health and, um, really stable edu- higher education in uh, sectors. Um, it's, uh, it's just a great place to be. That's
1: awesome, man. Uh, cool. Gabe, if people want to reach out to you, what's, uh, what's your kind of preferred, uh, contact mean, uh, way? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I prefer email.
0: I'm old school. Uh, I don't prefer, don't mail me a letter, uh, but email is great. My email is Gabe G A B E G at home 365.co. So Gabe G at home 365.co. And, uh, I'd love to get an email.
1: That's awesome, buddy. Um, uh, anything else, anything we didn't cover here today? Uh, worth talking about your, uh, your city? So uh, the
0: Penguins are still in the playoffs. They're doing strong, going strong. Uh, Here we go.
1: Here we so
0: go. Do you go. just, you know,
1: throw that out. Wait, Do you guys have a quarterback now? I mean, uh, what what's going on there? Uh, I there's like a problem with uh, not having a quarterback anymore.
0: We have a wonderful minor league baseball team called the Pirates. Portable <laughs> uh, <laughs> tickets and a great skyline.
1: All right. The story of Pittsburgh: affordable tickets, great skyline, and tech growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Not no World Series coming anytime soon, but yeah. by the way, I will say if you've never seen a sports game in Pittsburgh, it is one of the best cities. They they did it right. Um, stadiums are just all in all in really awesome locations. Yeah, yeah, and our office is uh, like three blocks from the PNC Park,
0: which is the baseball stadium. So it's awesome.
1: Coming out. Catch you game this summer. All right, Gabe. Hey, good stuff, man. Thanks for getting us a run down the city. Uh, it's a city I believe in. I've, I've bought a few properties here in the last uh, couple months and, and plan to buy more. So thanks, man, for uh, taking us a little tour. And, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: My pleasure. Thanks, Chad. See
1: you, buddy. Thanks for joining us today. One more request. If you want to meet us in person, come join us at one of our live events. You can check them out at realestatehackers.com held once a month in cities around the country. You can actually follow us on Instagram at Real Estate Hackers. if you're cool, like my wife is. And if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up and maybe we'll even get you on the show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.